This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Eric Jaffe with Mosaic Wealth Partners. Welcome, Eric. Gary, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. So, Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how how you got to where you are now being the uh, CEO and founder of Mosaic. Great. Um, So I'm a financial planner, uh, financial advisor. I I work with uh, individuals, couples, uh, businesses, uh, generally helping them plan for and, and meet their financial goals. Um, you know, depending on the client, this this can involve developing a comprehensive financial plan, um, setting up and managing retirement plans or accounts, managing assets. Uh, some instances, I help assess and, and handle insurance-related needs. Um, so it, it really varies client to client, but it's a kind of broad range of financial services. Um, I didn't start in this field, so uh, how I got here... Um, a, a little, I guess, somewhat unusual. Um, I started my professional career as an attorney. Um, I practiced law for five years at a private firm in Washington, D.C., uh, and then I was an assistant United States attorney uh, in the civil division of the U.S. Attorney's Office, also in D.C. Um, I really enjoyed working with clients and, and developing strategies to help them reach their goals in the legal context. Um, and, you know, in particular, I found that I, I really enjoyed analyzing a case, the, the facts of the case, determining different possible ways to handle a matter, um, and then advising clients on the best way to move forward. You know, unfortunately, I found I wasn't doing enough of that um, as, a, as an attorney. Um, and, and, you know, we, we had pretty large corporate clients at the firm and, and obviously governmental entities at the U.S. Attorney's Office. So I, I wasn't quite getting as much personal contact with individuals as I really wanted. Um, so I decided to explore other positions, either within the law or outside of the law, where I could work more on strategizing and advising with the individual clients. Um, and I had always had a personal interest in finance, uh, planning, uh, investing. So it, it just was a natural leap to take the legal training and experience and, and move it over to the financial. Wow, that's it. That's definitely kind of a, a different path. I've, I've talked to quite a few people that have, 
you know, gone down the accounting world and decided to hop over or maybe marketing and hop over, but I've never had a, had an attorney decide to, to get over in the, uh, the financial advising uh, fields. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little different, but I'm, I'm glad, very glad I made the move. Right. So kind of, you know, you, you kind of touched on that, um, you know, being the attorney and, and what you were doing, you weren't really having the, as, as much contact with the individuals as, as you do now. What is it about, you know, working with individual clients or businesses that kind of makes Eric get up in the morning and excited about what he does? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I particularly enjoy, and, and this is what I liked about practicing law. And like I said, I just wasn't doing enough of it. I, I just, I, I find it particularly rewarding um, to, to help people get to where they want to be. Um, and so it could be in a legal context, uh, it could be in a financial context. Um, uh, you know, th th there was a, a brief moment in college when I was pre-med. Um, the theme though was always, I, I really wanted to work with people to help them uh, get where they want to be. Um, and so what I really find most enjoyable is being able to do that and do that as, as much as I possibly can. Um, but that's really what motivates me when getting up in the morning, when, when meeting a new client or new potential client is really just the thought of being able to, to help them get from point A to point B. So, you know, and obviously, you know, you, you had different fields that you've worked in. Um, what is it that you know now that you wish you knew when you originally kind of started out? So uh, another really good question. You know, I, I, honestly, when I think about things, um, I think I have a much better appreciation now um, for the fact that many, even though many different situations arise with, with unique characteristics, there are certain big picture trends uh, that remain consistent, especially from a financial perspective. Um, so, you know, for example, if, if we take at a very simplistic level, you look at the tech bubble bursting in the early 2000s, you look at the financial crisis in 07, 08, look at the pandemic today. Um, you know, all of these have unique causes and consequences. Um, but from a financial perspective, you, you can see market patterns of, of loss, volatility, and then recovery. Um, and I, I think that those patterns are, are in some sense consistent. Um, and, and I think this is important because when you're living during each of these types of crises, uh, you, you have this sense of this hasn't happened before. The, the old rules don't apply. The, the norm isn't really the norm anymore. Um, and, and, and I can't tell you how many times during those three different periods I had clients come to me and say, this time is different. And, and yeah, in some respects, it really is different, but, but the, the reality is, you know, careful planning in advance of these situations, uh, having a defined and effective strategy and, and, and plan on how to handle unusual situations, even if they're unique in some respects, really goes a long way to, to helping us avoid making uh, um, emotional decisions during stressful times. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of times those are the decisions we, we look back on and regret. 
So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I, I, in all honesty, could have known this back then. Right. Um, but I think it was having the, the experience of living during these times, advising people, managing their money through these different times that, that has led me to appreciate this. But it really does make a big difference. And, and since we're, we're looking back in this you know, conversation, um, that's what I wish I knew, because I think this different perspective uh, helps me to give the best advice to folks. And I, help, I think it helps clients uh, remain calm during times that are otherwise you know, prone to panic. Right. Now, what are some of the questions that you wish clients were asking or potential clients were asking when, when they're meeting with you? To, to me, the most important thing to know when, when choosing a financial advisor uh, or, or any professional is, can I trust this person? Right. Um, you know, my industry in particular and, and regulators of my industry are really taking a lot of steps to try and make sure uh, that, that advisors keep the best interests of their clients at heart. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I know when I talk to any professional with whom I'm considering working, I'm trying to, to get a feel for, do, do, does this person truly care about his or her clients? Um, are, are they really concerned with doing what they do well? Um, because I don't want to just be another paycheck for someone who I am trusting to give sound advice on important issues. And so I want to matter to them. And, and to me, when, when you say, you know, what, what do I think clients or prospective clients should be asking? It's whatever the questions are that, that gives them the comfort level that I'm, I'm doing this. Yes, this is, this is how I make a living, but I am doing this because I want to make sure they are taken care of. And I want to make sure that that uh, I'm I am proud of what I do, that I do it to the best of my ability. Um, and, and I think people don't do that enough. They, they read online, oh, ask if, if there's this designation or ask if they handle this type of work or what their fees are, all of which are important. So I think those should be asked. Um, but I think that, that people should ask more questions to, to really get a sense of the person with whom they're going to work. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And I mean, sometimes I know I have found that um, you know, I've met potential clients and there's just not, it's not a right fit. It's just the way that they, that they think and the way that I think and, and do things are, are a little bit different and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and it's sometimes it's, you know, I've referred them to, you know, other CPAs because it's just, it's not a good fit with us. And I think that, you know, that's what you're saying is, is that you have to trust somebody. And, and if there's not that fit, then uh, there's just not going to be that, that level of comfort. And I think that that's something that's important. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and I do the same. I mean, uh, what I tell people when, when they've been referred to me or they call me for the first time is let's talk and make sure that we, we both think this is a, a good potential working relationship. I mean, we both have to have that comfort level. And really, there are some folks that I, I've said, I can do what you want, but I think there are people who can do it better. And, right. and I think you, you got to have, you need to have the, the, the feeling that this person is willing to tell you that so that you know that they're really looking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's, it's important to find, um, you know, in, in everything that you do, the different advisors that are going to tell you 
what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Because I think exactly. that's that's important also. I completely agree. So what are some of the biggest fears that um, that your clients are having and how are you helping them overcome those fears? You know, obviously, to some extent, client concerns and fears vary. And, and you also got short term issues of unexpected expenses. How am I going to handle this versus longer term issues? Um, you know, can I retire? When can I retire? How can I maintain a, a standard of living? Um, but I do think that, you know, a recurring concern, which, which I'm sure is consistent amongst most advisors, um, is, is a, a general fear or concern that clients have of outliving their money um, mm-hmm. in retirement. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it, the reality is it, it, it's quite a change um, emotionally, mentally to go from earning and saving money to living off of what you've accumulated. And, and that's a big change and it's a big transition. And I understand that creating a lot of anxiety in folks. Um, I, I think you've also got uh, related issues of increasing longevity, uh, concerns about the viability of social security, um, rising healthcare costs, long-term care issues. And, and all of these combined so that I think you've got, you, you, you are approaching and entering what is a, a very anxiety inducing time. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna generate income, I'm gonna live off of my assets. I've gotta worry how long am I gonna live? How much is it gonna cost? Healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, that to me is almost a universal concern um, that I see across clients, even of all ages, you know, not usually the folks in their 20s, um, but, but, but if we get into thirties, forties, this, this starts cropping up as, as a legitimate issue. Um, so, you know, I, I try to address these through uh, the planning process and, uh, preparing in advance of retirement as, as well as analyzing and reviewing situations as, as we get closer and closer. And then in retirement itself, I, I think you need frequent, uh, um, check-ins to, to make sure, are, are we on track? Ha, has, has something changed? If so, what, and how do we adapt to the change? You know, a, a financial plan is just a, a picture at any one point in time. Um, and the reality is the view changes all the time. So we need to, we need new pictures. Um, and we got to say, all right, now that things have changed, what do we need to do differently? Um, but I find that, that helping folks understand how they're doing regularly um, with respect to meeting their needs, it really goes a long way to alleviating a lot of these concerns. Um, and, and, you know, we do have some conversations uh, about, you know, if situations or, or, or conditions change substantially, we might need to, to adjust. We might need to cut spending at, at times of crisis in the markets or, or, or when other unexpected expenses come up. Um, but, you know, I think it's important for a lot of people that they, they manage their assets in a way to, to be aware of their goals, be aware of how they're doing with respect to their goals, and, and make sure that the asset management and the lifestyle are, are uh, lined up together. Um, right. So I, I just find that, that frequent analysis and, and, and check-ins on this is really how we help calm a lot of these fears. So how often do you, do you check in with your clients? And I know that that's going to vary, but so, so for our listeners to know, 
at a minimum, how often should you be um, meeting or, or talking with your financial advisor? So that, that's that's a, a, a great question. Um, and it's really funny because I love what I do and I love talking about all of these issues. So I tell anyone, you know, a prospective client comes to me and I tell them, we can talk as often as you want. I mean, this, this to me is, is fun. Um, so you want to check in every month? We'll check in every month. Now, now some of those months, it could just be, hey, status quo, nothing really significant has changed. But if that provides a peace of mind, um, that's important. Um, because what, what I tell folks all the time is no matter how, when, no matter when we've scheduled the next appointment, no matter how frequently we've talked, agreed to talk, I don't ever want someone being anxious or worried. Um, right. Call me. Okay. Cause, cause those times of heightened anxiety, number one, aren't good for anyone. And number two, that's when bad decisions get made. So, so call me and let's talk through something, but th this all being said, um, you know, what I tell people is I want to talk to you at least once a year. Um, but I would generally, for most folks prefer it be two to four times a year. Um, now I have, I have clients that I literally have to drag kicking and screaming to a meeting or, or a zoom, um, to check in because they say, Hey, Eric, I trust you. And, and things are, are as close to on autopilot as, as I'd like them to be. Um, but to me, life, life moves and you need to at least check in and make sure that nothing significant has changed, uh, requiring an update to a plan. Right. Um, but I think for a lot of folks, one to two times a year is probably good enough. So what are the, you know, besides not meeting with you to go over things, what are some of the mistakes that, that you're seeing clients make? You know, I, I, I would say the, the biggest mistake uh, that, that I see a, a number of folks make um, is, is not adjusting their investment strategy when they get to a point where their assets are in line with, with having them meet their goals. Um, and, 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 and this really, it, it, can, it can go both ways. So some people are so used to the growth mentality, right? We spend the vast majority of our adult life building the wealth. Um, that it's very, very hard for, for some people to say, I've built, I've accumulated what I need to, to, to be on track or very, very likely on track to, to live the life I want to lead. And therefore, I need to pare back a little in how aggressive I'm investing. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a change that, that doesn't occur naturally. Right. Um, and I think for some folks, they also don't know when, right? When is enough? When have I accumulated enough that I can say I don't need to swing for the fences in my investments anymore? Um, same issue, but handled differently, is some folks just get too conservative. So they 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 start approaching retirement, they get into retirement, and there's this mentality that I can't afford any volatility anymore. Right. Um, but, but the, the truth is, you know, for most of us, we are hoping to live in an extended period of retirement that could be 20 or 30 years long. 
Right. Uh, we have to worry about inflation eroding our buying power. We have to worry about healthcare costs and, and other unexpected expenses. And so we really need to make sure that we are investing for this kind of sweet spot in the middle, not, not too aggressive, not too conservative. And, and I find that, that these actually require a little more foresight and planning and, and, and therefore oftentimes because of the complexity of what we're talking about, um, people err on the side of, of, of maintaining an aggressiveness they don't have to or, or shifting to a conservativeness that's too much. Right, right. Now, tell us why is it important to use a professional like you to help manage their money, um, and and why? Why? Why is it important? Right. So, my opinion is everyone needs a financial plan. Okay, that does not mean everyone needs a hundred-page book documenting their financial life and times. Right. Um, but I think everyone has to have at least some sense of where they are and where they want to be. Um, and so I view my role as helping clients understand their current financial situation, helping them to articulate and crystallize their financial goals, and then getting a sense for what steps, if any, they need to take to make these goals a reality. Um, so, you know, I often tell clients, I want to give them the knowledge about the pros and cons of different approaches so they can make informed decisions when prioritizing how they want to live, okay? Um, how they want to work, how they want to save, um, the decisions along the way that they need to make, but that they need to be informed and educated about. Um, and I've had quite a few clients, you know, call me a financial therapist right. um, because, you know, a, a lot of times issues require just calming, uh, laying out of the facts, the options, and, and letting them make their informed decision with, with full knowledge. Um, and I think this is really where a lot of my value lies. I, I think it's helping people to understand their needs, their goals, and the financial realities of making certain decisions. Um, yes, you can do X, but then you're not going to be able to do Y. Or, or if you do A right now, in the future, B will be a possibility. Um, so I, I think laying that out is really what helps people make decisions throughout their professional lives and, and, and into and through retirement. Great. So, you know, we've covered a lot so far. Um, what is it that um, I haven't asked you that you wish I had? You know, you know, I, 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 you've asked a lot of really good questions. Um, you know, I, I think one thing um, that that we could certainly talk about is, uh, you know, some of the challenges facing the industry, and and you know, what what things should should people be aware of in terms of affecting finances and financial planning. Um, and if if I could answer my own yes. question, yes, um, please do. You know, um, you know, I would just say that, that you know, when, when I work with folks, I try to understand their specific situation and, and, and cater to their individual needs and, and, and goals. Um, you know, one of the concerns I have uh, in general uh, about the industry and just about the environment um, is I'm not a big fan of a one-size-fits-all approach. And I, I think that... Um, you know, and I should say, I'm not a big fan of that, whether it's in investment advice or strategy or, or financial planning and guidance. 
And I think with advances in technology, um, you know, that have happened, it's so easy to voice an opinion on the internet and sounds authoritative. Mm -hmm. um, that that I feel that that more people are are spouting, you know, financial advice that that purportedly applies to just about anyone. And and you know, my, my concern is that there are a lot of folks out there who are getting kind of this generic advice that maybe really isn't best for their specific situation. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that it, we just need to all keep in mind that the one size generally does not fit all. Um, and, and I think it's important to, to get the, the guidance you need um, for you specifically in, in making some of these important decisions. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree with you with that. I mean, I have so many people that they come into us and tell us, oh, well, you know, my next door neighbor's accountant is writing this off and writing that off. And lots of times you don't really truly understand what is going on behind their closed doors type thing. So um, you may, they may be saying that, but they may not really be doing it or, you know, in your case with the with the finances, it's like, you know, I may need more, you know, long-term care in my retirement than you may need. So we have to plan differently. Um, and I think that, that that is very important that, that everybody has to understand that, that everybody's tax plan and estate plan and financial plan is going to be different. No two people are going to have the same exact plan. Yeah, I, th that's exactly right. And, and I think that, that it's important, you know, picking up tips, be it on the internet or from your neighbor or, or you know, your, your, your uncle who is an accountant or advisor or investment manager, th these are all great and, and can all be brought to the person advising you specifically. Um, I, I welcome it. I say, hey, if you've, if you've got, you know, a, 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 a a tip or, or, or you think, hey, why aren't we doing this? Or should we look at doing that? Or why are we doing what we're doing? Let's talk about it because I think the more education we, we have, the better. Um, but I think you should have the person handling your situation involved in these instead of just taking some generic advice that really may not apply to your Agree 100%. Eric, if people like what they've heard today and they want to be able to reach out to you, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, so my, uh, our firm website is uh, mosaicwp.com, which is M-O-S-A-I-C-W-P.com. Uh, office phone number is 877-840-0770. Uh, we got a generic mailbox there for the firm. I'm, I'm at extension 103. Uh, and my email is e-j-a-f-f-e at mosaicwp.com. Great. Really appreciate your time today. Our guest on the show has been Eric Jaffe, with, who's the CEO and co-founder of Mosaic Wealth Partners. Appreciate your time. Gary, I really appreciate it. Thank you again. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.